welcome to the Faith Heights Church audio podcast. We pray that this message will bless you and feed your faith as you listen in today. King David said, I was glad when they said, let's go to the house of the Lord and It's one of the reasons he won so many battles and was such a great man is he put the things of God first. And man, did the Lord raise him up. Even in the midst of some terrible mistakes and awful decisions, he made it through because he kept God first. And so, you know, we've been talking about living a spirit-filled life and being more sensitive to the leading of the Lord. Although we're talking about great victory and a lot of things that are powerful, it doesn't mean no problems living a spirit-filled life doesn't mean you won't have any problems, but it does mean you'll overcome them all. And that, my friend, is a great thing to know that no matter what comes against you, you and the Holy Spirit will overcome it. So why don't you pray with me? We'll get into the rest that the Lord has for us. I believe it's going to be really good today. Father, we thank you for your presence in our church service, your presence in our lives as believers. And Lord, we expect to hear from heaven today. We don't want to just hear good things. We want to hear anointed things today. We want to hear things that will change our lives, change our insides, help us in our marriages, in our health, in our business, help us with our children, help us, Father. We pray with your word today, show us exactly what we need to see, quicken us by your Holy Spirit to apply it and do it. And we thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you, Lord. So let's go ahead and go back to Luke chapter 4. If you haven't been with us, this is our fourth week studying and preaching and talking about a subject that we really felt led of the Lord to talk about. So that's why we're doing it. You know, we don't, I shouldn't say felt, you know, the feeling realm sometimes is like a roller coaster. In prayer, I just knew in my heart, that would be a better way to say it, that we were supposed to focus on the Holy Spirit for a while. And what it means in the Bible when it says, believers be filled with the Spirit. And what it means to be led by the Holy Spirit. We've said a lot already in the last three sessions. You can go on the website, listen to those archives. They're completely free, no charge. And you can listen to them over and over again and get the word on the inside of you. So in Luke chapter 4, we wanted to start here again. This is just before Jesus entered into his three and a half year world-changing, dead-raising, healing of the sick, casting out devils, preaching words from heaven ministry. And it says in verse 1, And Jesus, being full of the Holy Ghost, or the Holy Spirit, He returned from the Jordan, where He was baptized of John in the River Jordan, and the Holy Spirit came on Him. And then it says, As He was filled with the Spirit, He was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. Now, one thing you need to see about this here is you're going to be more sensitive to the leading of the Holy Spirit when you're filled with the Holy Spirit. And oh, how important that is. The Holy Spirit knows where accidents are going to happen, and He will lead you away from that. He knows where terrorists are going to attack, and He will not lead you into that. He knows where the best place to be and live and the best person to marry You want to be led by the Holy Spirit in this life because there's a lot you don't know that's around the corner, and He does. 
He knows everything. He has all power and he wants to lead you. He wants to fill you. He wants to help you in this life to navigate so you are not destroyed early. You overcome problems and you're the biggest help you can be to people all around you. And I think the number one reason believers are not living a spirit-filled life is because they don't know how to. I don't think it's rebellion. I don't really think it's disobedience. I think a lot of believers have, they've been taught how to initially be filled with the Spirit, you know, baptized in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in tongues. They know how that happens, but not a lot of teaching has come forth in the area of how to maintain a Spirit-filled life every day of your life. You know, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you are at a way greater position to say no to temptation when it comes knocking trip you up, to mess up your family, mess up your calling, mess up your life. There are born again Christians in prison today for committing a crime. And the reason they are is not just because of the crime they committed, but because they weren't filled with the spirit the morning of the crime. See, we have to go back to the root of the problem. There's a lot of bad things happening and a lot of people sinning, even Christians, And if all you deal with is the lust or the drinking or the getting drunk or the abuse or the domestic violence, if you never go back to the reason why those people are doing those things, it may happen again. You don't, you you want to be filled with the Holy Spirit because he is able to help you to live a holy life. You don't have to do it all in your own power, you know, crunching your fists a little tighter, a little more wrinkle in the brow. I say no to that temptation. No, that, that temptation. No, I don't want my family destroyed. I'm not going to get divorced. I say no. I say no. I say no. You don't have to do it on your own power. Be filled with the Holy Spirit and his influence through you will help you knock these things a hundred miles away from your life. So Luke chapter four, verse one, it says, Jesus being full of the Holy Spirit returned from Jordan, was led by the Spirit into the wilderness. The reason we went to the scripture was to show you that this is what Jesus did. This is how he was successful and effective. And as we read through the New Testament, you'll find out that all through the New Testament, believers are told to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Believers are told they can be led by the Spirit. So this is is telling us right here why Jesus was so successful. He didn't try to do it on his own. He received the fullness of the Spirit of God upon his life, and he was led by the Spirit. You know, if you're led by the Holy Spirit in your daily decisions, you will never, ever miss it. I don't know why people don't slow down and look to the Lord a little bit more, because he's a genius. He knows everything, including the future. Actually, Go to John chapter 16. John 16. Jesus taught a lot about the Holy Spirit and how he was going to come after Jesus had ascended to the Father. Jesus said, I'm not going to leave you orphans. I'm sending the Holy Spirit. Not only is he going to be with you like I'm with you, the Holy Spirit that's on me is going to be in you everywhere you go. And then he talks about being filled with the Holy Spirit. And the New Testament talks about believers maintaining a spirit-filled life. This is where true victory happens right here. I, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, and you know how to do that, and it's simple, I'll tell you today. And when you're led by the Holy Spirit on a daily basis, you don't have to pray a bunch of save me prayers. 
you miss a bunch of junk just by being filled with the Spirit and being led by the Spirit. You miss brick walls, traps the devil has set for you. Spirit of God leads you around them, gets you above them. And, and it's, it's, you know, we're talking about being Spirit-filled and Spirit-led, but really what we're talking about is how to live an absolute, totally victorious life. <laughs> okay, we could change the title to that. So in John 16, I want you to notice he's still talking about the Holy Spirit. He says in verse 12, John 16, 12, and we'll read through verse 15 or so. Jesus said, I have yet many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. They didn't have the helper yet. But he said, how be it when he, the spirit of truth has come, and that's the Holy Spirit, if you read the context, the Holy Spirit will guide you into all truth. He'll help you understand the Bible. Isn't that good? For he shall not speak of himself, but whatsoever he shall hear, that shall he speak. And the Holy Spirit, believer, will show you the future. Oh, boy, no wonder the devil wants you confused about this. No, matter, no wonder he wants you thinking being filled with the Spirit is weird. He don't want you to know the future. You know the future, you have a heavyweight advantage when it comes to overcoming the trials of life. It says here, the Spirit of God will show you things to come. That doesn't mean you're going to know everything about the future, but what you need to know, he'll reveal to you. Well, what if the Holy Spirit is distant to you? What if you're not interested in the Holy Spirit? Well, he, since he's not going to come with force, you have to open the door. You're going to be dull to his leadings. You're going to be dull to things he wants to show you about the future to prepare you for or to help you avoid. How many think this is like amazing right here? You have a helper sent from the Father who knows everything about everything, including the future, he has all power and he wants to fill you and lead you. Uh, I'd think that would be really cool to be filled with and led with the one who has all knowledge concerning knowledge of the future and has all power. He's a part of the Godhead and he wants to fill you and help you and lead you. How cool is that? Now today, the bulk of this message, I sense we're going to talk about three things you can do to maintain a spirit filled life. You know, to where there's no vacancies for depression. <laughs> Come on, let me, let me just say this. Listen, listen, listen. People have problems in their life. Terrible, gross, ugly, awful, painful problems in their life. And a lot of the reason is because they simply have room for them. Did you know clean is not enough if you want to live a victorious life till you get to heaven? Come on, do you remember? Okay, let me just say this. Matthew, I think it's 12. Jesus said, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, a man that was obviously overtaken by an evil spirit, he says, when an unclean spirit goes out of a man, that unclean spirit walks through dry places, seeking rest and finding none. He looks and says, oh, look, the house I just came out of, or the person I just you know, got commanded to leave from, oh, look, that person's empty, swept, everything's all in order and clean. And the Spirit says, hey, seven other spirits more wicked than even me. Let's go back and dwell here. Look, he's empty. He's clean, but he's empty. How I many know clean is not enough? And so the, the principle is this. You can't, you can't be filled with one thing while you're filled with another thing. Unless you empty out the one thing and get filled up with the other thing. 
And the principle is this, clean's not enough. Many people have problems in their life because they're not filled with the Holy Spirit. They have room for those problems. They have room for doubt. They have room for fear. They have room for depression. They have room for these things. Well, what if you were filled with the Holy Spirit? <coughs> no vacancies. When depression or the enemy comes by you to, to, to try to get you to accept things, no room. You can be free just by being filled with the Holy Spirit. It's called free through the law of displacement. <laughs> that a good thing. So in John 16, he said, the, the Holy Spirit will reveal to you what I'm saying, Jesus said, and he will show you things to come. Look at verse 14. The Holy Spirit will glorify me, for he shall receive of mine, Jesus said, and shall show it unto you. So in other words, Jesus is saying, whatever I got, the Holy Spirit is going to transmit to you. What does Jesus have? Everything. Next verse. All things Jesus said that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I said that he will take of mine and show it unto you. What are we tapping into here, church? Everything that the Father, God, the creator of the universe has? Yes, you have access. And the Spirit of God wants to show you the things you're able to handle. He wants to release into your life powers from heaven and words that will change things. He wants to lead you. He wants to guide you. He wants to help you. He wants to bless you. But he won't do it by force. He's not like, the Holy Spirit is not like evil spirits. Evil spirits are into driving and forcing and trying to push people to do things against their will. Fear, 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 and all this other stuff. That is not the Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit is likened, he's not, but he's likened unto a dove. That just simply means he's gentle and he can be grieved. And if you don't want him, he won't, he won't bother with trying to influence you. Totally the opposite of evil spirits who like to force and drive and get people to do things against their will. All right, so turn to Ephesians chapter 5. We, we looked at Luke 4 and showed us that Jesus was full of the Holy Spirit and he was led of the Spirit. And here it tells us to be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now the book of Ephesians is a, a letter written by Paul the Apostle to the church of the Christians in Ephesus. And he says here in verse 17 to all believers, believers, don't be unwise. All right, how do you not be unwise? Well, you need to understand what the will of the Lord is. And one of the biggest things that the will of the Lord is is found in verse 18. Don't be drunk with wine, wherein is excess, but be filled with the Spirit. Capital S. This is talking about being filled with the Holy Spirit. The next verse says, this is how you maintain a Spirit-filled life. Speaking. Speaking what? To yourselves in psalms, hymns, spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your heart to the Lord. This is one way, we're going to talk about this a little bit more formally in just a second. This is one way to maintain a spirit-filled life. Because the church at Ephesus, they were all born again. Every one of them were saved. They're all on their way to heaven. And Paul writes a letter to all these born again, saved children of God and says, hey, born again, saved children of God. There's something else. Well, no, I got it all. No, you don't. You got, you, you got heaven. You're going to go to heaven when you die. But this says there's more. What, what is it? These are born again, spirit filled Christians. Um, excuse me. These are born again Christians on their way to heaven. And Paul writes to him and says, hey, born again, children of God on your way to heaven. There's something else. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. 
The same Spirit that helped you to get born again, Paul's saying now you need to be filled with that same Spirit until you get to heaven. If you want to live above the storm, live a victorious life, have power, real power, where your prayers really break chains and people really get free, if you want full power, child of God, on your way to heaven, you need to be filled with the same Spirit that helped you get born again. There's measures of the Holy Spirit. The Bible says Jesus had the Spirit of God without measure. He had the fullness of the Spirit. But we see here measures of the Spirit, one in the process of being born again and another one in being filled with the Spirit to live a victorious life. So now go to Romans chapter 8, and we'll talk about some more of these things, but I wanted to show from the Scriptures that not only is Jesus to be filled with the Spirit and led by the Spirit, we are also told, told to be filled with the Holy Spirit and led by the Spirit. Can I tell you something really frustrating? Hearing sermons about what God's requiring us to do and not be filled with the Spirit and try to do them anyway. This is why Christians get under condemnation. This is why they leave churches. This is why they get frustrated because pastors are preaching things that only Spirit-filled people can do. And if their congregations are not Spirit-filled, they're going to get upset, frustrated, and they're probably going to leave and quit Christianity or at least backslide. No, you got to make sure the congregations are living a Spirit-filled life because most of the instructions in the New Testament are not just written to born-again Christians. They're written to born-again, Spirit-filled Christians. People need to realize that. John was in the upper room. Peter was in the upper room. Paul got filled with the Holy Spirit. He spoke with tongues. And all these letters are really written to born-again, Spirit-filled Christians. And see, that's why some people will go to Mark chapter you know, 16 where, where it says, uh, Jesus said, in my name, believers shall cast out demons. They shall take, uh, speak with new tongues. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. A lot of people, they hear that in church and it goes right over their head because they're not spirit filled. They can't even comprehend that. Oh, that was for the last apostles. Oh, that was for days gone by. No, it's for believers. And you need to be filled with the spirit to even comprehend you can do that, let alone do it. So people just kind of write all these things off. Well, that was for 2,000 years ago. No, it's for you today. If you get filled with the Spirit, you'd realize it. And you'd receive it. And you'd operate in it. All right. So Romans chapter 8, verse 14. The Bible says, For as many believers, we could say, because this is written to the church at Rome, For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons of God. Any children of God in the room today? Raise thy hand. You're a child of God? Well, then you need, you should expect to be led by the Spirit of God. What does that mean? That means you ain't waking up every morning going, oh, what do I want to do today? You're waking up every morning going, God, I'm looking to you about what you have for me today on the job, at home, on my break times. Lord, I acknowledge you in all my ways and you promise to direct my paths. What if you don't acknowledge the Lord in all your ways? Then you're kind of on your own. He won't force his direction on us. I like Psalm 23. We all like the 23rd Psalm, right? The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. Right, you like that? He makes me to lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. 
If your life is always frustrated and shaky and you ain't listening to the one who wants to lead you beside still waters. If your life is all freaked out and you're all frustrated all the time, how about you slow down and start saying, Lord, you lead me. I'm not going to let money lead me anymore. I'm not going to let opportunity lead me anymore. I'm not going to let fear and weather and all this other stuff lead me anymore. I'm going to be spirit led. Most people are looking out here to to decide what they're going to do in life. You need to look here because he lives in you. And if you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're more aware of his leading. It said Jesus was full of the Spirit of God and he was led by the Spirit. Leading is a lot easier if you're filled with the Spirit. Anybody want to know the simple things you can do on a daily basis to help you maintain a Spirit-filled life? Okay, well, we'll get to that. So before we go there, so now we're going to talk about the, the three things that I see that if you will have a part of your daily lifestyle priorities in your life, you will find yourself living a spirit-filled life. Faith won't be so mysterious. Victory won't seem so far away. The things of God won't seem so fuzzy. The presence of God will be strong and and real in your presence. You'll sense him more. So let me say this. Before we talk about these three things, we're going to have to talk about one little thing. And that's called making room for a spirit-filled life. Making room for the simple things that need to be a part of our life so that we're maintaining a spirit-filled life. Because listen very closely. Most of us right now are people watching on camera. Most people do not have room for what I'm going to talk to you about. So basically, they don't have room and they don't have time for healing and victory and joy and peace and glory and power and anointing and blessing. But if you want those things, you might have to delete some things in your life that aren't as important as these things. There is invisible opposition to you and I doing these things because the devil knows. If you're living a spirit-filled life, you're going to cast out devils. You're going to speak in tongues. You're going to lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. You're going to prosper. You're not going to be afraid. You're going to overcome disease. You're going to live on the top. So there's subtle warfare. And I'm going to tell you right now, a lot of this warfare comes disguised as fun. Things that are okay. Devil says, get them busy with anything except what it takes to maintain a spirit-filled life. Devil says, don't pull out the evil. Don't pull out the bad. Pull out the okay. Pull out the good. Pull out the fun. Get them so busy with those things that they're not ready. When I attack, they're not living a spirit-filled life. They have no power to help other people or very little, if any. So do you understand the warfare of the enemy is very interesting? He's been around a lot longer than us. He's got us beat by thousands and thousands of years. So we're no intellectual match for him. Don't try to sit down and intellectually resist the devil or come against his schemes. A lot of his schemes people aren't even realizing because they're disguised in beautiful. They're disguised in light. You know, he's an angel of light. He's the most, you know, very beautiful. Disguised in feels good, seems good. You have to go deeper than black and white and ugly and beautiful and good and bad. You have to see him operating in some of these sly areas. So listen. 
Making room for, the, for spirit-filled living. You have to do three things if you want to live a spirit-filled life. And no, you won't have to quit your job. This fits right in line with your career. This fits right in line with your, you know, your, your goals in life. This fits right in line. Uh, you won't have to stop all your TV time. But you know, if you just took half of it and did some of these things we're going to be talking about, you'd be a spiritual giant in a few weeks. <laughs> now, how many of you know there's some stuff you shouldn't watch on TV? One of the big things you shouldn't watch is news. This may sound real interesting, but secular news right now, there are multitudes of believers filled, not with the Spirit, they're filled with the news. And you can tell because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Out of the abundance of the heart, posts appear. You can tell what you're filled with by what you want to talk about the most. You can tell what you're filled with by what you want to talk about the most. If you're filled with the news, you want to talk about the news. That's what you're filled with. And this is, this is where a woe, W-O-E, comes from, the Lord. He said, woe to you that are full. Now, wait a second. I thought it was good to be. It's good to be filled with the right thing. It's not good to be filled with the wrong thing. Woe to you that are full. What a woe. When, when the Lord says, woe, you need to hit the dirt, man. I mean, whoa. Okay, Lord, I repent. I need to stop. What's going on? Woe means not good to you that are full and have no hunger for God. Have no hunger for the things of God. Always wanting to talk about the world and the world stuff and all this other stuff. Angels are distant to you. Miracles don't even seem real to you. Plan of God, the things of God in the earth just seem so boggling and fuzzy. Woe to you that are full. So you don't want to be filled with that stuff. There's a, there's a lot of Christians right now filled with the bad news of the world. They are like they're supposed to be filled with the Holy Spirit. They're filled with the news of the world. You, you, they, all they want to talk about is the bad that's happening. Friend, there's two sides to this thing. There's what's happening in the world and what's happening in God's people. Remember that sermon we taught a few years ago about the end times and how we're in them? We entitled it The Wonderful, Awful Last Days. Depending on what group of people you're hooked with. If you're hooked with the world, darkness and gross darkness covering the people. But if you're in the church or in the light, hanging out with God's people and his things, he said his glory is going to rise on you. His glory is going to be seen upon you and your children are going to come back home. Daughters are going to be nursed at your side hearing the word of God. It said the Gentiles are going to come to the brightness of our rising. It said kings are going to come to the brightness. Celebrities are going to come to the church. Why? I'll tell you why. When everything is great and everybody's flying high, so what a church has a building paid off? So what you're strong and healthy? So what you're blessed and have light? Everybody's doing great. But when the world goes like this and it gets darker and darker, but we keep going up like this, that's attractive. That is very attractive. It's not that attractive when everything's going great. But when the world's going down and the church is getting brighter, I'm telling you, kings are going to come to our services. Celebrities from Hollywood, who, people who live in Aspen, they're going to come because the contrast is so sharp. You see dark, you see light. It's no longer everybody's doing great. One going down, one going up. It's a time of revival. 
And I think we need to focus on what God's doing more than what's happening in the earth. But pastor, the Bible says in the last days, perilous times shall come. Right. But is that what we're supposed to focus on and major on or should just be forewarned, be forearmed and get brighter and brighter? Watch out about talking too much. I have had to check myself on this, just talking too much about the mark of the beast and the Antichrist and, and the, the terrible things and the plagues and everybody dying. Friend, there's more going on than that. There's more going on than that. The Bible says the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the former. The Bible says in the last days, you know, when all this stuff starts happening, God said, I'm pouring out my spirit so strong and your sons and your daughters are going to prophesy speak and do things under the inspiration of the Almighty. Sons and daughters shall prophesy. Young men shall see visions. Old men shall dream dreams. Upon my servants, God said, and upon my handmaidens will I pour out my spirit in those days and they shall prophesy. So leave women preachers alone. Handmaidens can prophesy and preach just like the guys in the last days. So if you want to live a spirit-filled life, you won't have to go to church every time the doors are open, though that would help a lot of people. No, this is something that's practical. It's something you can do, but you're going to have to make some changes. Because these things, to the degree they need to be done to maintain a spirit-filled life, will not fit in most people's already overbooked schedules. If you try to fit these things in your already overbooked schedule, you'll think maintaining a spirit life is stressful. And that's a lie. If it's stressful to do the things God told you to do, something else is in your life that's unauthorized, sucking your time, your energy, and your money. Get that out and you'll love it. Remember a series we taught a few years ago on making room for the things of God? Instead of just trying to cram the things of God in your already overbooked schedule. And then you think serving God is stressful. And it's not. It sets you free. Jesus said doing the will of God was like eating a good meal to him. My meat is to do the will of him that sent me. My food and the satisfaction I get from eating, that's what I get when I do what God told me to do. Well, if that's not the way it is for us, then there's some things in our life that shouldn't be there. Making it difficult to do the things God wants us to do. We're living in interesting times, church. Epidemics, earthquakes, all this stuff. Living a spirit-filled life will help you in the midst of these crazy end times to not only maintain a spirit-filled life, but to maintain a victorious life. And others that you'll be able to pick up with you and bring up with you. Um, I wanted to read you this scripture, I thought it was, let's read Romans 12, 11 and 12, uh, the Passion Translation. We read it last week. This kind of gives us a picture of what a spirit-filled life looks like. The Passion Translation is a modern translation of the Bible. I, I'm very cautious when I read these modern translations because I don't agree with a lot of their phraseology. They're really not translations, they're really paraphrases. But in Romans 12, verse 11 and 12, today's Passion, Paul writes to Christians and says, Romans 12, 11. 12, 11. Romans 12, 11. Did I say 11, 12? Romans 12, 11, and 12. Okay. 
Paul says, by the Holy Spirit, Christians, be enthusiastic to serve the Lord. All right, just stop right there. If somebody walked in right now and said, I'm arresting everybody who's enthusiastic for the Lord, would you be arrested? Should we kind of prove that we're not that we're not to not be arrested. Put it back on the screen. This is important, right? How many think we should be aglow with something? All right. Keep your passion toward God boiling hot. See, this isn't something that God's just going to pour on you. You, We have to do some things to stay in this boiling hot position. Radiate with the glow of the Holy Spirit and let him fill you with excitement as you serve him. So we're going to talk about how to get filled and stay filled with the Holy Spirit. Next verse. And I know it's, we're almost done, but we've got to hang on. Let this hope burst forth within you, releasing a continual joy. Does that sound good to anybody? Yeah. Don't give up in time of trouble, and you won't if you're filled with the Spirit, but commune with God at all times. All right, this is a picture of a Spirit-filled life. Enthusiastic, excited, joy, not giving up when it gets hard. Why? Because you're not alone. And the Holy Ghost has endless strength and power. Take you past the breaking point and you not break. Huh? So with that in mind now, let me share with you in the last few minutes, and I know we have communion today too. I want to talk to you about three things you and I can and should be doing that should be a part of our lifestyle if we want to maintain a spirit-filled life. Now, if you have never initially been filled with the Holy Spirit, we're going to give you an opportunity to do that at the end of this service. And we're going to pray a prayer, ask Jesus to fill you with the Holy Spirit, and then you'll be able to speak with other tongues, and that's the initial filling, but that's not maintaining a Spirit-filled life. If you continue to speak in tongues, and you continue to hear the Word of God, and you continue to go to church and do these things, you'll begin to maintain a Spirit-filled life. But... The initial is different than the ongoing. So, um, let's look here at uh, Matthew chapter 4. How to maintain a spirit-filled life. You ready? Number one, you must have regular daily feeding of the Word of God in your life. Now, how do you get filled with physical food? You feed on it, right? You don't just throw it against your face and it fall off, right? You don't just throw it against your ear and it fall off. You don't just put it in your mouth and spit it out, right? You eat it. You digest it. You're going to have to learn to do the same thing with the Bible and sermons that you hear from the Lord. So you're going to have to have a regular feeding of God's word. Now, you may say, well, pastor, <laughs> I'm a busy person. Yeah. And so is most of the world. And most of the world's sick and most of the world's broke. They don't know how to resist demon powers when they attack. They don't know how to get their kids, you know, where they need to be. See, we don't want to follow the majority. The majority is going the wrong way. Don't look at the majority to see which way you're supposed to go. Jesus said, broad and wide is the way to destruction, and many are going that way. But straight and narrow is the way of life and victory, and few there be that find it. So do not follow the majority. Yeah, but all the people are flocking to this, and all those people are probably not seeing much power in their life either. All right, so Matthew chapter 4, 
tells us, Jesus said, and this is actually really cool because he's talking about, this is right after he was full of the Holy Spirit and he was led in the wilderness and the devil started tempting him. He said in verse four to the devil, because the devil said, if you're the son of God, turn these rocks into bread. And Jesus answered and said, it is written, devil, man shall not live by bread alone. You're not going to make it. You're not going to live in the highest and the best and the most glorious and the most victory just by physical food alone. But by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. So he's talking about eating God's words like we physically eat physical food. I mean, are we taking the time to prepare like we do for physical food? Are we taking the time to savor, set the place, eat, enjoy? Are we just kind of like, well, I got to read a few scriptures so I can get about my business. That's not feeding. So you understand what we're talking about making room for this because you can't do this with your lifestyle the way it is most of you. You're going to have to make room for this. You're going to have to ask yourself the question, what's more important, being ready of some disease attacks or watching these programs that pushes my reading and studying time or my hearing time of God's word out of my life? See, you have to understand it's, going to, it's a really big deal when the attack comes, what you've been feeding on. May not be that big a deal right now because maybe, you know, you just got through COVID, your immune system's doing great and paychecks are doing fine and the weather's really good and Christmas is coming up and I got my bonuses and my kids are healthy. Great. But that doesn't mean it's always going to be that way. You live in a fallen world, friend, and there's warfare all around and the devil attacks babies. I mean, he's no respecter of persons either. He will attack anybody who he can. And it's so good to be ready. So you see, when God's word is in you in an abundance and you're feeding on his word, you have a strength you wouldn't have had when that attack comes your way. You're prepared. You're ready. The scriptures, Jesus taught a lot about be ready. Don't wait for all hell to break loose and then try to get ready. Live with me. Walk with me. Live a spirit filled life. Then if something comes and you're walking down the road of life, it's like flicking flies, man. You just flick that fly of disease and you're still on your way of healing and health, doing what God told you to do. Oh, so many people wait till all hell breaks loose before they get filled with the spirit or turn to God. And it's so unnecessary because it's hard to develop in one day when you're supposed to have been developing for a whole year. So look at Acts chapter 20. Acts chapter, well, actually, for time's sake, go to Acts chapter 10. Acts 10. Number one, if you want to maintain a spirit-filled life, you're going to have to make room for regular feeding of God's Word. Well, I'm not a preacher. Why do I have to do this? Because you want to overcome an evil day, don't you? I'm not teaching you something that only pastors and preachers should have in their life. You're attacked just like I'm attacked. I'm attacked just like you're attacked. I want to be ready. You need to be ready. Matter of fact, me being a pastor is not going to see me through the health and strength and victory if something attacks me. Me doing what I'm teaching you right now is going to see me through to victory. Well, pastor, you need to do these things. You're the preacher. Um, Newsflash. You need to do these things because attacks are going to come to you too. And preacher's going to be out of town. Acts, excuse me, Acts chapter 10. So here's an interesting thought, all right? We talked about how do we maintain a spirit-filled life? Well, 
Make room for the precious word of God every day of your life. And it says here in Acts 10, verse 44, while Peter was preaching these words, the Holy Spirit fell on all them which heard the word. Everybody say, which heard the word. And they of the circumcision which believed were astonished, as many as came with Peter, because that on the Gentiles also was poured out the gift of the Holy Ghost. All these non-Jews got filled with the Spirit. How do they know? For they heard them speak with tongues and magnify God. Now listen, church. You can be filled with the Spirit, hearing a sermon from a Spirit-filled preacher anytime you want. Did you know you can hear good sermons a lot today. It should be very hard to not live in victory today. Are you kidding me? Do you know how much word is available to you right now? And I know from personal experience, this is one of the best ways to maintain a spirit-filled life. Hear anointed sermons regularly, not just on Wednesdays and Sundays. Say, Pastor, I don't know if I want to. Okay. That's fine, but this is connected to living in victory. This is connected to not being destroyed. This is connected to living a long life. Because the Holy Spirit, when you're filled with the Holy Spirit, you're more easily led by the Spirit. You're more prone to overcome problems. You're more prone to have the answers and the the solutions. You're going to have to make time for regular feeding. And you say, well, pastor, I'm not that hungry for that. I, I just, it's not my greatest desire. Well, it can be if you just start doing it by discipline. Amen. Come on, you didn't used to like certain styles, but after a while you like them. Why? Because you hung around them long enough, right? <laughs> Carl and I were just at Diller yesterday and all these styles are like real baggy, she says. They're just real baggy, all this baggy stuff. I said, Carla, you'll be loving it in a few years. Just, just give it some time. You'll get sucked in with everybody else because of the influence and being around it so much, you will love, when you start seeing the results of living a spirit-filled life, you will fall in love with these three things, which we probably won't get to the other two. But you have to, you have to start hearing God's word. Not just anything. Not, don't just go on Google and say, sermons. <laughs> Now, I'm not saying this to boast on me or any, because I'm not the only preacher in this church, but one really good place for you to hear sermons over and over again beyond Wednesday and Sunday is the archives of your local church. Because that's the Spirit of God speaking directly to you that are called to this church. I think Keith Moore is a great website to check out for sermons. Um, other, there's other websites, but there's, there's a lot of good word out there. And you'll know what feeds your spirit, just like you know what feeds you physically. Right? And don't, don't just eat what tastes good. Eat what you need. The devil opposes this. It says he comes immediately to steal the word. Why? Because he knows this will help you maintain a spirit-filled life, help you be strong when pressure comes your way. How many of you know that the devil knows Proverbs 4, where it says if we focus on God's word and study his word, it would be health to all of our flesh. Well, he don't, the devil don't want you healthy. So he's going to try to bring up all these other fun things and good things so you just don't have the time to maintain that spirit-filled life that keeps you above all that junk. He's not going to come to you with fangs and drool and I'm going to kill you. He's going to come to you with programs, Hallmark, Star Trek. Overabundance of that means you won't live a spirit-filled life. You better regulate this stuff, church, because 
We're not living in safe times. We're living in perilous times. And you and I are going to need these things sooner or later for us or our loved ones. And it's better to be ready than to try to get ready at the last minute. Oh, I got to remember what pastor said about being filled with the Holy Spirit. Okay, okay. I just got attacked with disease. Okay, but guys, I wish you would have got ready when the skies were blue. You need to make time every day for a good word coming in your life. How would you do physically if you, didn't, if you only ate a snack every other day? You'd turn to skin and bones, they'd fire you, you'd be so weak you couldn't get out of bed. And people wonder why their prayers aren't answered. They wonder why their rebukes aren't working against the adversary. They're wondering why they're not prospering when they claim prosperity. Well, you're trying to do it on one snack a week. Or even one meal a week. Some people rely only on church services. That's not what Jesus uh, exemplified. He talked about eating spiritual food like we eat physical food. I don't think I'd be unscriptural to say three times a day we should be ingesting some kind of spiritual food. If you want to maintain victory in your life. Praise the Lord. A sermon a day keeps a lot of junk away. <laughs> Amen. A sermon a day, pastor, I can't do that. You watch three hours of TV. Yes, you can't just cut TV time in half. <laughs> All right, I had to get a little excited before the night, the day was over. So, so we're going to go ahead and receive communion at this time. So here's what we like to do in church services like this. We're going to hand out the elements. Carl and I will begin. And let's wait till everybody has the bread and everybody has the cup. And we'll let you know when that is. And then we'll all partake at the same time. And so let's seal this message today with communion. Father, we thank you so much for the body and the blood of Jesus. There you go, brother. Go serve the people. Uh-oh. Mine won't open. Yeah, I'm not getting it. It's stuck. I'll need another one, Josh. Thank you very much. Oh, this one's stuck too. Anybody else is stuck? There it goes. Okay. Thank you, Lord. So the Bible says that the Lord gave Paul, the apostle instruction on this, what we're doing right now. And he said that we should be observing this and doing this until the Lord comes back. And he hasn't come back yet. You can take communion every day of your life if you want. Carl and I have decided to start taking communion every Friday morning because uh, at home and then here once a month. And we may even up that sometimes. Sometimes when there's challenges, you might want to up it too. It's a great time to remember that your healing was bought with blood. This is not a light thing to the Lord. He wants you free more than you want to be free. This is not a light issue. Your freedom from depression was bought with blood. One of my favorite things is, you know, the, the Passover, when Jesus celebrated this supper with his disciples, it was concerning the Passover he was about to go through as the Lamb of God. The Lamb of God was going to be slain. His blood was going to be shed. And all mankind was going to be legally free. 
But in the Old Testament, the Passover was when Egypt had uh, the Israelites under bondage and they and Goshen was a part of Egypt and they were in Goshen. Uh, the, all the Egyptians were in the other part of Egypt. And it said the Lord told Moses that I'm going to I'm going to I'm going to allow the destroyer to come through the land tonight. And the firstborn of every person in the whole land of Egypt is going to die, not by the hand of God, by the destroyer. It was Pharaoh and his sin that opened the door to this stuff. God just didn't stop it from happening. And so the destroyer came by, but God said, if you put the kill the spotless lamb, the animal, put the blood on the doorpost and the lintel of the house and stay in the house and eat the flesh of the lamb. He said, he said, you guys are about ready to leave bondage. So while you're eating the bread and while you're drinking, you know, the, the cup, have your staff in your hand, have your shoes on your feet, because as soon as you're done eating, you're booking bondage that you've been involved with for 400 years. You are leaving bondage. So get ready to leave. So when we take communion, get ready to leave some things. Get ready to book out of some things. Leave bondage, leave depression, leave disease. But my doctor said this, well, it's not as powerful as the blood of Jesus and the broken body. You can start walking out today. Today, you can start walking out of these things today. And so, Lord, on the night you were betrayed, you took bread with your disciples. You broke the bread. You gave it to your disciples. And you so looked forward to this supper, Lord. And you told them and you told all of us as you broke that bread, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Well, Lord, we remember that our healing, oh, our health was bought and paid for by your broken body. Let it go on record, Father. We declare, we believe in the broken body of Jesus. Say this with me, church. I discern clearly and rightly that by the gashes on Jesus, by his wounds, I was healed. In Jesus' name, and Lord, I'm asking if I have treated your spiritual body, brothers and sisters in the Lord, if I have judged them, if I have spoken evil of them, if I've got wrong things in my heart toward them, I discern the spiritual body of Christ. And I'm asking you to forgive me if I have violated love toward your body in any way at all. And now, Lord, I fully expect healing to flow into my life, health to be strong in my life, because I am rightly discerning the Lord's body. Let's eat, church, with these things in mind. Lord Jesus, on the night you were betrayed, you took the cup, you lifted it up to heaven, you blessed it, and you told your disciples and all of us, this cup is the New Testament in my blood, shed for many for the remission of sins. Drink it, drink all of it, and do this in remembrance of me. Well, Lord, we remember your blood was shed 
so we wouldn't have to go to hell. Your blood was shed so we could be made righteous. Your blood was shed so we could be redeemed from the curse of the law and every unwholesome condition known and not known to man. We take this cup boldly today and we declare from our hearts, we believe in the blood of Jesus. Your blood covers us. Your blood is in us and no evil shall befall us. No plague shall come near our dwelling. Sickness, disease, COVID and any other ed. You cannot come near us. You will not survive in our presence. We call the level of healing in our valley rising and COVID suffocating and every other plague or disease. We declare redemption from that junk by the blood of Jesus. Lord, it's by your blood. We are not afraid of disease. We are more conscious of your blood upon us than diseases around us. And we thank you, Father. We are protected and we are safe and we declare the wicked one touches us not. And we thank you for it in the name of Jesus. Church, as a family, with these things in mind, let's drink and thank him for his blood. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Well, Father, we praise you this morning. Let's stand up, church. Father, we thank you. We lift up our hands. We say thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you. Say this with me, guys. I am redeemed by the blood of the Lamb. No more sickness, no more pain. I'm free in his name. Joy and peace reign supreme in my life. I have been delivered from all hate and all strife. I am redeemed. Amen. Glory to God. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. For more information about this ministry, visit faithheights.org. You can also find us on Facebook and Instagram. To sow into this ministry, visit faithheights.org and click on the Donate tab. 